Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This week in league, step aside, Bruce Brothers. The Sharkies are making a run for the title with the Booze Brothers in 2012. Osama Bin Gallup declares a jihad on the Melbourne Storm. There's an old saying in rugby league. And we'll preview all of the action for week two of the 2011 NRL final series. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 65 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, housekeeping. Um, if you haven't already, do it now. Get signed up and get your team sorted for the Jabra Finals Fantasy Football Competition Week 2. Enter now for free at bit.ly B-I-T L-Y forward slash twill, T-W-I-L, fantasy. I'll tell you one person you don't have to worry about beating to uh, get the prize. Is that? Me. Me. And not just because I'm fucking hosting this show and I'm ineligible to win. Yeah. It's because I'm really fucking shit at it. Tell me, why were you shit at it? Pick the wrong players? I tried. I I overthought it, Nathan. Okay. I thought, you know what? I'm going to outsmart these other 135 motherfuckers. <laughs> I put your mate in. Fucking 16 points. Which mate? Fucking Predator. You know, the one that can't get a hat trick. Oh, that guy. 16. But the problem, my He's problem not even is... not my team. What are we thinking? I would have finished in the upper third of the competition, but... On Friday, I got this great idea in my head. My team's been ready for two weeks. Then I got this great idea in my head. Fucking no, I'm going to do some more research in this. I'm going to tweak the team. And, you know, so I hit the reset button on it, built it again from scratch, and I was happy with it. Didn't make Corey Parker captain, though, so that was 140 points I missed out on. Well, you see, I didn't have Corey Parker in there at all. I thought, well, that's a dumb you know what strategy. I'm going to do? Everyone's going to have Corey Parker. So that's why you've got to protect yourself <laughs> and put him in your team. I'm going to outsmart them. I'm going to outsmart every other finals fantasy super coach player and put Fensum in <laughs> no I thought I'll get a nice even spread of players okay. that I think will score highly yeah I did what I thought was going to be that yeah and I got a couple of high scorers and several nufties yeah and I didn't place anyone as captain <laughs> so, yeah so so you would have ended up you would have been in the same position as me except you wouldn't have had the 130 30 yeah. point captain in, in the midst so I ended up 83rd in our competition yeah, yeah I probably like, where I belong yeah I had like 99th it's ridiculous and if 99 I, yeah I still beat you yeah and like oh, that's magnificent and if I had of got and if, yeah because I had Lottie much like points. other things in life I beat you without even trying we'll get on the tipping later <laughs> <laughs> no. and um yeah, and if I had, and I would have got like five hundred and twenty or something like, you know, something like that. If I had to put Corey Park, just one fucking click of a button, just fuck. I mean, who cares? It's not about us. Who cares? Because we can't win anyway. It's, it's not still. about us. You know who it's about? Who? It's about Sven. It is. It's about yeah, Sven. And the possibility of getting a date with Sven. Exactly. You realise you allegedly you, Jabra have not put that on the table at all. I oh, know. Ma- but I feel if I push, if I push the little wagon, I push the little wagon and I oh. sing my little Nordic song. 
I'm just going to say, I've, I've and been I wear in, a little Viking hat with pigtails out the back. I've been in contact with the with the good people at Jabra, and uh, they they've they've listened to they listen to our show, and um, Sven's not on the. They've table. listened to you speak about Sven, and uh, they they haven't offered it up. <laughs> Sven's not on the table. I don't think he's going to ever like I'd, Sven on the table. <laughs> yeah, of course you would. He's not Polynesian <laughs> enough with enough tattoos for you. <laughs> with an apple in his mouth. <laughs> I'd stroke his plastic hair. <laughs> All right, so new man crush, Sven. I love Sven. Your first Caucasian man crush in Sorry? rugby league. Your first Caucasian man crush in rugby league. It's he, amazing. Yes. He's a plastic, he's a very, very plastic man. I love, yeah. love my man plastic. All right, and uh, obviously we've got two winners and uh, get to them later in the show. Yes. Um, Twilly Awards. They've got to come up. So we're going to have to basically, uh, we'll run some categories. We're going to run the same categories as last year, yeah. I think. Plus, We might mix it up a little bit. Put if a, anyone put a has different flavour on it, <laughs> and if anyone has any uh, categories that they would like to propose that we use this year, yes. in addition to the last ones, um, that would be good. What Hit I'll do, up. hash I'll, twillies. Yep, and uh, I'll put a I'll, I'll put a, a post on the forum on the site, and um, just with the just for the people who are new to the show this year who didn't see the the uh, the voting categories last year, I'll put up the voting categories so people know what's there. And, uh, you know, if, if someone comes up with some amazing, you know, category that we can uh, make use of, then, you know, so be it. Happy to add more. It's already a gala extravaganza of a night. Well, I'm clear. But, um, you know. It's the black more. tie. Black tie and nothing else. <clears throat> yep, pretty much, pretty much. Um, I think that's about it. Um, do you have anything to say on uh, anything that you've been talking about in riddles over the last two episodes? It's very close. The prototypes are in existence. And I'm playing dumb, of course, because I've, I've, I've seen We've the seen prototypes photos. too. You've yeah. seen the photos? <laughs> I've seen the photos. The prototypes <coughs> exist. They do. They do. And the production run of half of what we've been talking about or hinting at uh, will arrive at my place of employment tomorrow. So that is yesterday when you're listening to the show? Yes. And the balance, we're hoping for Friday which will be tomorrow okay. as you're yeah. listening to this. Um, but at a pinch, it may be on the Monday, depending how fast the production run comes along. But rest assured, they are happening, whatever they might be. Awesome. Okay, that's it. I fucking can't wait. Yeah, I I've, can't wait to unleash it. I've, yeah, after seeing the images, uh, very happy. I've got half a nasty. Yeah, and, uh, and I think that uh, all of the male listeners of the show will be happy to get a real doll in your likeness. Yes. <laughs> no, they won't. With, no, I can't. I can't. With three fully functioning orifices <laughs> <laughs> and plastic hair, just like Sven. Plastic, yeah, yeah. Plastic ball hair with like little like painted on stubble. <laughs> <laughs> it's in your likeness, not Sven's. News, first story, the Cronulla Sharks are circling Todd Carney, apparently. Cronulla Sharks may be the final hope in Australian rugby league for troubled soul, Todd Carney, or, you know, filthy drunk. The Daily Telegraph understands that the Sharks have shown preliminary interest in securing Todd Carney, released last week from his Sydney Roosters contract a year from completion. It's understood Sharks coach Shane Flanagan will meet with Carney's manager David Riolo sometime later this week. The pair will discuss several players, including Carney's future. Cronulla chairman Damien Irvine does does harbour concerns, though whether his fans would accept Carney now discarded by the Roosters and Canberra Raiders, well, will he? 
That's a question. Well, um, I don't know that the Sharkies fans are going to have any dramas accepting Todd Carney. No, I don't think so. We've had Greg Bird and Paul Gallen at the club. Tim Smith, Brett Seymour. I mean, they like a half that likes a drink. Yes. Well, they don't because they eventually fuck them off and, or demote them down to, you know, Reggie's. And you know what else they like? Talentless hacks. So if they accept them, they'll t- they'll cop Todd Carney. Yeah, he's, he'll be the best drunken pickup they've ever had, I think. And I think the secret to uh, the Sharkies getting this deal over the line and signing Carney is uh, to get Todd drunk. Yep. It's I'm not sure that's in Todd's best interest. No, but it says the Sharks have a host of halves. And when you look at the list, you're like, shit, they do have a lot, but they're pretty ordinary, you know, with some exceptions. You probably add them all up. And Albert Kelly. Todd yeah, Albert Kelly, John Morris, Chad Townsend, Jeff Robson, Wade Graham. But they feel that privately, Carney would give the club an immediately immediate injection of high quality. So what is what happens to Wade Graham, though? Indeed. Who's actually well, been one of their more consistent performers this year. And, I mean, you'd imagine that Townsend would probably keep his spot. But then, you know, then you've got Kelly, who start, who came back in at the tail end. Which um, they've got, who, who they've got raps, raps on as well. So Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he sort of strange. failed at the fullback position. So, you know, it's, it's half or nothing for Kelly, I think. I just, I think it's John Morris, he's a, he's a super hooker. So, I mean, he'll, he'll well, be exactly. the best hooker in the world. And that leaves Robson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be having, uh, he'll be playing for the Guy Mia Gorillas. Yeah, exactly. I think the interesting part of this whole fucking sordid tale is the Roosters tell him and release him from his his contract, which was apparently a mutual agreement. And everyone in rugby league and every fan, every club, every CEO is aware of of the guy's problems, specifically with alcohol and, and obviously personal discipline. But here we are with the Sharks going, wow, we need a 5'8". Yep. No one's going... Uh, Todd, <laughs> we're not going to sign you. We're going to take a collective stance yep. as a sporting organisation and say it's not okay for you to have the issues that you have and let them go unchecked for a guy that's 25 years of age or yep. however he might be, however old he might be. With the liver of a 48-year-old. Oh, no doubt. Wouldn't that be... It would be like a prune, his <laughs> liver. Oh, no, but it'd probably be like a... Like oh, swollen. Fo- they get like, swollen. Like, yeah, be like foie gras or something, you know, like you like, make pate out of it. Oh, that's, it's that's disgusting. Making, that's making me hungry. Um, <laughs> no one's no one's saying let's get this kid into rehab. Yeah, and force the kid to stay there, or he doesn't play football. Yeah, where where are the people taking the moral stance? Like everyone wants to kick him out of the game and say he's not worthy of playing our great game, and and that much I'd probably agree with. But you can't kick the kick the guy to the curb. A lot of the people that were fawning over him when he won the Dally M and he had that great season last year and, you know, the Roosters rode that wave of, of good form, not just from him, but um, from the whole team all the way to the grand final. And I just... That, uh, there's a lot of those people that I better kicking him to the curb now. And Of course. I just... I don't feel that that's right. And I don't feel it's right that clubs are now looking at him and going, wow, he can really help us. And yeah... Yeah, we'll have to accept some off-field issues and, you know, we'll try and help him with them as he's playing first-grade rugby league, which is probably the fucking catalyst for the whole problem. Well, he's lucky he's got that, you know, he's got that ability to do that because, I mean, you know, if you were filthy drunk and fucking up in your job because of being a drunk, you'd get the arse and they wouldn't be a second, they wouldn't give you a second glance as you as you went out the door. Well, I reckon if you <clears throat> went into, well, let's use Sydney as an example, you went through the back streets of Sydney, mm-hmm. you'd see a lot of people living in cardboard boxes mm-hmm. with no pants on. 
that aren't a million miles away from where Todd Carney is in his headspace yep. and some of the decisions he's made. Yep. And people might think that's a, a gross exaggeration, but it's a slippery fucking slope. Yeah. <laughs> Any sort of addiction. Yep. And he's lucky that he has led a fairly privileged life with the things he's been able to do and things he's been able to achieve and the amount of people that have gone out of their way to try and help him throughout his whole career. And if they kick him to the curb now, then, like I said, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. And I just, I don't know that anyone's going out of their way and that includes everyone at the NRL. You know, they're threatening they might, you know, might not register a contract or whatever, but how about they take a leading hand and say, here's the action we think you need to take after consulting with some, you know, people that are experts in the field. Here's what we think you need to do to, re- to rectify your problems and these are the stipulations that you need to adhere to before we register a contract for you. Well, that's and a smart thing, isn't it? You'll know if, if Carney's serious about getting his life and his career back on track. Yep. Everyone knows he's serious about getting 600 grand a year again mm-hmm. or however much money he's potentially going to earn from yep. when he, you know, gets over this latest batch of dramas. You know, it's not like he's he's going to play for match payments or 100 no. grand a year next season. No, absolutely not. You know, or he may well do, but I guarantee the next back contract he'll yeah, sign. Yeah, back into the maximum, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, will, will be mega bucks so it's it's really sad and it's a bit of a it's a bit of a bad look i think and it, it's not just the nrl but do it you look at the nba the nfl mm-hmm. um yeah, even worse afl yeah. you know those some of the issues those guys bring to the table and because they can shoot a basketball into the hoop or throw a football a million miles or whatever yep it, it all gets overlooked but you know i just i've got a really bad feeling that in 10 years time or 15 you know doesn't even it won't even be 10 years time if he doesn't play football be five years time that I don't know that I'm going to spend a lot of time in Goulburn I don't see Goulburn in my future but let's just say that I fucking got really drunk and ended up in Goulburn I might find a new drinking partner in Todd Carney and he'll tell me a sort of tale about the time he got kicked out of the NRL and wasn't allowed back in yeah I, so, I, can't I, mean, see, I can't see myself drinking with Todd Carney. But no, anyway. no. He'd fucking set you on fire. He'd piss on me. Yeah. To put me out. Yeah. It's thoughtful like that. After he set you on fire, yeah. <laughs> and then, but and then, you know and then it'd saying, be a matter like, who could run faster to see who could dodge the RBT. <laughs> but all, all jokes aside, that's that's where we're headed. In yeah. some fucking really sad where are they now story. Yeah, exactly. But there's personal responsibility involved in there too. I mean, like like I said, if you, if you, were, if you were fucking drunk, at, you, you know... Um, you know, and and your job, the, your ability to perform your job was diminished because of your alcohol problems and everything. Yeah, you know, you'd get chances and chances, and I mean, eventually you'd find your way out the door. And there'd be, be no, and, it, the and there'd be sure. no, and there'd be no, and there'd be no worried about Glenn. Like you know, what what's going Glenn going to do now? We've sacked his ass. Having said that, there's not hundreds of thousands of people fawning over me when I do my job well either. Well, that's true, but I mean, so you know, you, you, you we're know, not you, dealing with a, a strictly compen- day-to-day type guy here. You're, you're compensated commensurate to the to the profile and everything as well, though. You know, so at the end of the day, just because you got to make six hundred grand a year doesn't mean you haven't got personal responsibility and what you put in your fucking gob. No, I think a, a big part. And, Je- of and, and, and Greg Inglis also has to take responsibility for that too in, in regards to pies. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You, you bring it all back to Inglis. Very interesting. Yeah. I just. Oh, that's that's my fear. Great footballer. Um, Future cautionary tale. Yes, exactly. You know, I want to see him play footy again. And as selfish as it seems, 
I wouldn't be mortified if the Tigers signed him, but... Of course not. He'd fit in well with Louis. <laughs> well, Todd Carney hasn't you know, allegedly beaten anyone up either, I might add. No, he couldn't. Look at the size of him. But then again, Louis... Oh, yeah, pregnant women. Cool. Sorry, I was figuring it all out in my head. Allegedly, yeah. of course. <laughs> There's an old saying in rugby league, Nathan. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> next story, David Gallup versus the Melbourne Storm. The next round. David Gallup... Today, Tuesday, on the radio, said this. Well, you're lucky enough to go down to one of the games, mate, down in Melbourne. Um, it was written that you had a pretty frosty reception. How did it feel, mate? Oh, uh, yeah, look, I obviously didn't enjoy it, but I, I'm <laughs> absolutely confident we made the right decision. They were involved in large, systematic cheating. Um, and those people who booed me yesterday, well, that, they obviously support uh, the cheating that was going on, and and I don't think people are really thinking through that when they do. You don't really, you don't really mean that, David. Surely, you, you know that they were passionate footy f- who had uh, two two premierships taken away from them. That, that's uh, they, just because they booed you doesn't mean they condone the cheating that went on. It just meant it, it was an exp- and I'm, I don't condone what they did. Uh, let me just say that right up the front. I think it was uh, uh, unnecessary uh, and prolonged and uh, rude, but it was born from passion. And isn't that what you want, really, in a way? Uh, no, I never really go for that whole passion line. I mean, you know, um, terrorists are passionate about what they do, and, um, you know, that, that doesn't make it right. That's, so that's, that's possibly the worst analogy I've ever heard in my life, uh, with all due respect, David. Well, well, it's a topical one at the moment, you know. I mean, oh, give us a spell, Mr Gallup, with all due respect. Passion, is, not a, passion is a bad and it gets used too much in sport. Um, you know, <laughs> pa- pa- passion shouldn't be something that is excuse for poor behaviour. And the story, and on the 10th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks, Gallup was speaking on a croc media radio show in Queensland when he attacked those among the 14,000 strong, 40,000 weak crowd at, at, at Amy Park who booed him. I never really go for that passion line, as he said. I mean, terrorists are passionate about what they do and you know that doesn't make it right. That's what he said. And, uh, yeah, he was questioned about the term terrorist. He didn't back down and said it's topical at the moment. Passion is a bad excuse and it gets used too much in sport. Passion isn't something that's an excuse for poor behaviour. I agree with him. <clears throat> I agree. I agree with um, what he, I mean. I, I think as, as the, the uh, leader of um, a business, <clears throat> you probably shouldn't um, put yourself in the position where your customers could think that they were being called terrorists but obviously cheating robs robs people of their their you know listening comprehension because he didn't say that the that terrorists no he basically just said you know <clears throat> that you can be passionate blind passion is an excuse for shit behavior exactly <laughs> that's, that's 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 exactly that's exactly right and i mean he used an extreme example to to illustrate that and he pro- and given the timing you know well, like you said, it's topical. Like, yeah, it <laughs> I is guess to- it's front of mind. Why not yeah, use it? It's topical, but that's it's, it's what's made it blown up into a, you know a massive thing, and um, it's it ultimately made him look bad. I don't, I don't think it has in my eyes, and I've had my doubts about David Gallup, and no doubt you have as well. Being oh, a er, fan, everyone, but everyone knows what I think about David Gallup. I think this is one of his best moments. I, I think he stood up to it. I, I think, think his best moment was when he administered the punishment for the salary cap rorting. This this is not one of. I said it was one of his best moments. Didn't say it was a crowning glory moment. Yeah, as much as I agree with what he said, and I actually would take it one step further and say that purple cheap fans are purple terrorists. 
but but that's having, just you being an inflammatory cock. Pretty much, yeah. Now, um, <laughs> but as a le- as as simple, I mean, like I was talking to my wife today about it, and you know, she's got no interest in football, but she's broken down and said, "Look, as the leader of a company, saying you know that about their customers." It's a bad look, no matter which way, you know, no matter what he meant. It's just Having said that, if that was my company, yeah, I'd face the media and say, "I wish they'd all stop being a pack of cunts." <laughs> and given that that you know, the if you had a company, the line of business would probably be around mining, and you'd be speaking their language, so that'd be fine. Exactly right. <laughs> I don't have an issue with what he said. Um, I agree with what I agree with I the agree content with the of what he said. Wholeheartedly. Yeah, the sentiment. I agree with that one hundred percent. And you know, I think. Regardless of what people might think of David Gallup, Cunt. the whole <laughs> the whole situation with the storm, um, you know, he took a hard line stance and he was well within his rights to do so as far as I'm concerned. And as he said during his explanation, the storm didn't just cheat the salary cap, it cheated the other fifteen clubs and their fans and the rest of rugby league. And Manly in two thousand seven. <laughs> and Parramatta in 2009. I think that would fall under the banner of the other 15 clubs and their fans, you fucking imbecile. Some were cheated more than others. Anyway, well spoken, David Gallup. I applaud you. Next story, Beaver. Beaver. Still kicking the goals. Evergreen forward Steve Menzies is one of six new Le faces Beaver. named... Le Beaver. <laughs> Le Beaver. Is one of six new faces named in the 2011 Super League Dream Team. The former Manly skipper who turns 38 in December is showing no sign of letting up and he recently signed a new contract with Cattle and Dragons for 2012 that will make him the oldest player ever to appear in Super League. His form was recognised by his selection in the mythical Dream Team chosen by a panel of journalists based on form throughout the regular season. I I like how you put your own spin on certain things. How, what's calling it a mythical dream team? It's mythical in the sense that it's not an actual team that's assembled to play a game. I'm reading the fucking article verbatim. Right, okay. It's mythical. Let me... <laughs> I thought you were saying there's no, no such thing as a fucking dream team full of players coming out of Super League. <laughs> any, team that ha- any team that has Beaver in it is obviously legendary. But <laughs> it's mythical because it's it's like the Dalian team of the year. It's not a team okay, that actually it. ever assembles and plays a game of football. Right. Um, and uh, he scored twice in the Dragons. 44-18 win at Salford on the weekend. It's obviously great being recognised, he said. He doesn't uh, look a day over 45, Beaver. He doesn't look a day over the day he started playing. I don't know if it's because like the head Has not fucking there. changed a bit. Not a bit. He said, I've been really happy with the way I play this year. Personally, I think it's been my best season since coming to the UK. And uh, there's a couple other Nevilles that got uh, selected in the side too, such as uh, Scott Juro. Uh, <laughs> Man of Steel. Rangy Chase. Fucking what? <laughs> yeah, Rangy Chase. He's a five eight for Castleville, didn't you know? And uh, straight from fucking <laughs> Shell Harbour Sharks yeah. to the uh, dream team for the Super League. The Warrington prop, Gaddeth Carvel. I'm pretty sure he'd be Gaddeth. Has too, to be, even though you know, with the silent R's turned into D's. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, wingers Tom. It's Brisco- English, my fuck. Tom Briscoe from Hull and Joel Monaghan from Warrington. Of course. I mean, I heard talks that you know that he's possibly speaking with Canberra about that's um, a hot dog of about coming back, but yeah, heart dog. <laughs> Hot dog, hot dog, hot Pick the people with kids. <laughs> you, you know what we're saying, parents. Um, I heard talk that he that he may be negotiating to find his way back to the Raiders, but you know what? <laughs> I haven't forgotten, and I don't think anyone else has. And I think I don't think he's ready for that. I, but he seems to have found himself a little home where you know over there where they don't you know he's, he's, he's excelling on the field. Um, you don't hear boo at, you know off the field. He's playing with his brother. You know the same team, so why? 
<laughs> Honestly. Oh, I heard a thing about the Raiders perhaps looking at bringing Carney back as well. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. Jesus. Obviously, Mad Monday wasn't exciting enough for them this season. Fuck. <laughs> Unbelievable. That would be an interesting uh, end-of-season celebration, that one, if they were reunited. <laughs> there would be hot dog. Be setting dogs on fire. <laughs> How would you put them out from the inside of you if your dick was in their mouth and you tried to piss on them? <laughs> Recaps first game of the final series Friday night football West Tigers. 21, defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons, 12. Like 2011 Premiers do. <laughs> like 2011 Chokers and 31 years prior to 2010 Chokers do, more like it. The proverbial game of two halves with the first half belonging to the Dragons, although it was the Tigers on the board first in the six minute through the arsiest try in the history of rugby league to none other than Benji Marshall, who dropped the ball cold. And depending on the camera angle you looked at, he either kicked it or he didn't. Fucking bullshit, of course he kicked it. The, the, the ball behind, hit the ground, grazed his ankle. The behind angle clearly shows the ball like landing on its point and bouncing off that way. Fucking bullshit. However, the front angle is propelled forward, and so it's got to have come from somewhere. I mean, because he didn't drop it that far forward. Come from so his I'm, fucking foot, which connected yeah. with the ball. Yeah, after it bounced off the ground and everything. You know, it's just such a, such a fucking... What, do you want to ripe every, <coughs> every fucking field goal ever kicked in the history oh, of so rugby he, league? So he was going for a 1-0 lead, was he? Of course he was, mate. He was playing against the Dragons. Points are a premium. <laughs> fucking moron. Um, the, and, uh, yeah, he scored the try. Take uh, the one, Benji. <laughs> the Dragons worked their way back into their relentless, robotic, and incredibly the boring style I haven't got over Benji's try yet. How about the step? Yeah. It made, made Darius Boyd look like a fucking... <laughs> Talk about, talk about the situation. Gone. It wasn't even like the step was that great. It was just a, Darius Fuck Boyd was shit. Darius Boyd was like rooted to the spot. He was never going to make that tackle. He to the naked eye, he, he only beat Darius Boyd. He could have veered. He could have slow it right down in Glen time. Oh, okay. Fuck. Beat every person on the field three times over. They didn't even know what was happening. Had enough time. Had enough time for you to whip it out. <laughs> well, make admittedly, some, make admittedly, some, you don't have to slow it down too far to do that. Whip, whip, whip it out. <laughs> make some Benji babies. <laughs> Make some Benji batter. <laughs> oh, wow. We've gone in some interesting angles tonight. Yeah. Already. God, just, just turn it off now. It's not going to get any better. Um, what was I saying? The Dragons, they worked their way back into the game with their relentless, robotic, and incredibly boring style of play. And in the 17th minute, Mitch Rain opened their account with Who the biggest dummy. <laughs> Oh, that's right. I wonder. Uh, opened their account with the biggest dummy of all time to score from dummy half. Dragons, they took the lead for the first time in the 23rd minute after a break from Jamie Sowden and a sweet inside ball to Nightingale resulted in a try and a 10 points to 6 lead. That was a fucking perfect pass. Good run. Like, good run too. Just like, he hasn't displayed pace for months. Well, <laughs> to be fair, um, he did run straight past Matt Utah. Who was... And that was the flavour of the night. <laughs> who who would be denounced like, uh, like we'll probably be denouncing Manu Vatavai but for the fact that you won. <laughs> I mean, no thanks Fuck. to him. Um, scoring for the half concluded with what else? A Jamie Soward special in the 27th minute. And despite a mountain of possession and some more penalty shots, that was as big as their lead got. Tigers, they lifted in the second half as the Dragons displayed one of the biggest confidence crises I've ever seen on a football field until early Saturday evening. First points came in the 47th minute through an almost bomb try by Ashford that was ultimately scored by Bo Ryan. Benji hit the conversion from out wide and it was tied up at 12. You think Ashford would have got there? <clears throat> Fucking of course he would have. But did you see the impact that, I don't know if it was Cooper or Boyd, 
Yeah, I mean, but you got to remember when he, when when he tried to you know pass the ball or whatever they it was he did. him over the sideline. Would have been a decent put down. But he was about a metre further in than yeah. when Bo Ryan ultimately scored it, remember? So, I mean, he did, if he had gone for the corner himself, of course he would have done it. I mean, Genius play, was, though. Genius <laughs> it, it was lucky in the it's end, genius. though. Genius. Lucky. Genius. Uh, Tigers took the lead back in the 52nd minute as Benji kicked a penalty goal before they extended their lead to six in the 65th minute through a try to Hyington. Dragons, they found it impossible to recover from that familiar constricting feeling that circled their throats and Benji sealed the win with a field goal in the 77th minute, followed by another penalty in the shadows of full time. Final score, 21 to 12. Benji tried to discuss that. I've got that on the list. Yeah, unconvincing. But what about the step? We've already mentioned it. It's so, beautiful. So fucking, so funny. Like, beautiful stuff. Darius Boyd, I mean, they just, like, they're constantly sucking him off on the, on the tell and he was made to look like an absolute retard. But to be fair, Benji's done that to better players than Darius Boyd. Yeah, but not in that sort of situation where, yes, it was kind of one-on-one, but there was still sort of, you know, the channel was kind of limited because mm. the players were players sort of bunched around yeah. a bit. Yeah, I mean, Darius Boyd didn't even lay a hand on him. No. He was just like, just stood up cold. He looked he looked really stupid. And like, you know, I don't mind that at all. Well, it's not the first time. Generally, exactly. post-match interviews and <laughs> yeah. on yeah. Uh, grand final winning podiums and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there was no wooing about that, though, that's no, for sure. definitely. Uh, what he was like, where did he go? <laughs> <laughs> Moulton and Louis, I thought they both had really great games. In in the absence of, of completely dominant performances from both Benji and Robbie, I thought they really, the, the Moulton and Louis show took over. Yeah, they, I agree. They played really well, um, which is a good sign for the Tigers without both of those, both their so-called superstars. You know, I thought Robbie was good around the ruck and um, he did get a lot of, forward momentum going but he wasn't you know, it was far from dominant yeah, I thought yeah. and I thought Moulton was really good at the back cleaned up a couple of really dangerous situations and Louis he just seemed to didn't miss didn't miss too many tackles he was really good in defence and just just the extra angles and things that he was running in attack and giving the forwards a bit of extra room and, and setting Aceford certainly Aceford free yeah. um, didn't do much for you Ty fucking <laughs> Ty <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, the ball he was giving Ashford was was really good, and he had some some of the forwards. Hyington scored a good try running off him as well, off a great yep. pass. So uh, good signs um, in the fact that we don't have to be reliant 100% on Benji and Robbie to get us over the line. I just need someone to explain to me. Gaznia beat Utah five times off the top of my head that I can remember. Out of five times, yeah, yeah, five like times every single time. <clears throat> I'm no super coach. No. And and I wouldn't say I was even a particularly good rugby league player. Yeah. How the fuck did he not get the ball fifty five times? Yeah. He should he should have got the entire game. And at the very least, it would have created it would have created opportunities out uh, out on the left hand side as the Tigers stacked <laughs> that side to try and prevent it. As they put the fucking everything, including the Isri seat bench, out there to try and stop yeah. him. And like, just, I just you don't want to take too much away from the Tigers because they played well in the second half, but. The mental implosion of the dragons, and particularly Sour in the second half, was incredible. You could see that on their, you could see on their faces, they didn't have a fucking clue. Like, and they're dropping the ball. Like, then they started dropping simple passes. They were absolutely shot. I have to say, seeing and Robbie said the same thing in the um, in the post match press conference. But when I saw Sour going for field goal with four half time, yeah, and when I saw him miss, was it one or two penalties? Two, you missed two penalties. Missed two I think, penalty yeah. goals. I was like. Wow. You got the. I was like, they, they fucking like, got this. I'm super confident. Yeah. Because 
when it comes down to it, the, the Tigers are going to throw everything, including the kitchen sink, at them. Yep. And if they're not confident that they're going to be able to, you know, protect or be able to score enough points, yep. And and score tries when we haven't even got to half time yet. Yeah. And the Tigers, there was times where you know, it was a couple of times, certainly with the penalty goal attempts, where the Tigers looked a bit rattled. Yeah. And they could have had points put on them, and they were like, Yeah, nah, it was just, it was such a, just such neg- a negative, nervous. And even though they're on top in the first half, the, yeah, I mean, like you're saying, like the penalty, you know, the options they took. Just very negative and, and nervous. The 2010 Dragons would do that, and you'd go, fuck, they're just inching forward, and they've just yep, yep. got the bamboo shoots under the fingernails, and they're turning the thumb screws, yep. and fuck, I'm not confident at all. Yep. And the pre-Origin 2011 Dragons, same, same sort if, of deal. Yeah. These current Dragons, I'm like, fuck, man, you take as many field goal attempts as you want. You kick as many penalty goals as you can. Yeah, because you have to get you, six for everyone. We would have to be the fucking most... Ill-disciplined side in the comp for you to kick enough penalty goals to outscore us when yeah. we're going to put po- po- points on you. Yeah. So <laughs> I was I was really surprised that they kept it up and and the second half they had a no answers to to the what the Tigers were throwing at them in attack and they couldn't repel it with their defence like you would normally expect them to do and then when it came to their time with the ball they were so unimaginative and just dropping like you know dropping it 20 metres out you know that kind of thing they just didn't know what they were doing I know that you know I know that uh, Dragons fans were disappointed in their performance Uh, I saw enough on Twitter and I've seen enough of my ass on Twitter timelines from people that lost Avi bets with me yeah they shall remain nameless and faceless for at least a few more days. <laughs> but oh, I just, it's going to take a monumental performance for them to bounce back yep. this week. I mean, it's, it's, there's good, motiv- good motivation, you know, with the game that they have yep. against the Broncos. I mean, they, you know, they should be able to get up. I mean, and they, you know, they were dispatched out of the finals in 2009 uh, by, by the Broncos and, and, you know, it's got the Wayne versus Lockie. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, the lot going around that should Having be able to motivate that, them. There was every reason for them to be up for the full 80 against the Tigers as well. Yeah. It's a bit of a budding rivalry there. They yeah. knocked us out. There was a bit of, you know, toing and froing and a bit of a bit of potential biffo when we yeah. beat them a few weeks back and a bit of ill feeling. Yeah. I, I was surprised that they, they didn't stay up, you know. Reasonable first half performance and the Tigers were probably lucky to go in only down by six points yep. from an RC try and, you know, the the fact that the Dragons refused to put them... Yeah, and I mean, and with that RC try, I mean, it's still it's only a penalty goal and a field goal difference in the yeah, entire game too. Sure. Um, but, you know, the body rots from the head and, and you know, Soward was mentally... He's he's gone. He's absolutely gone. And with Wayne deserting him, <clears throat> yeah, I don't see him ever getting back. Get ready to go down to Shell Harbour, son. I just... Shell Harbour... I, I have... really have deep reservations that Jamie Soward of 2000 and... Ten yeah. is ever going to see the light of day again? Yeah, I think we're going to see Jamie Soward in two thousand and eight playing for Newtown or yeah. you know, just, Shell Harbour in this case. I just think Wayne Maybe Bennett's going to take more than just a suitcase and fluffy with him. He's going to take Jamie Soward's fucking soul. <laughs> Twitter, Eddie NZ. If anyone from the New Zealand Embassy calls, I totally didn't skip the All Blacks game to watch the Dragons choke. Can I keep my passport? <laughs> we got uh, Williams two seven seven. What a knob jockey sow it is. Most intensity shown all year when he was yelling at the ref and shoving Fulton and then running away at the end. Yes. 
Sky underscore W82, who we met at the Broncos game the other week. He was drunk. Soured his pus. Fuck off to Union, you kick-happy little cocksucker. <laughs> yeah, he was very drunk <laughs> when he was writing these. Yeah. Probably De- not as drunk as he was at the football when we met him. But <laughs> no, no. no. Uh, Devonhead, St. George supporter. This is uh, st- <laughs> this is your standard uh, Dragons response. Disappointed, but if results go our way, I have faith we can regroup. <laughs> yeah, Bondi born. If and faith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There is no rugby league god when it comes to your side. Bondi, Bondi born. Sad to say, my Red V boys seem to have turned into an entire team of confidence players. Not good. Tigers came out to play in the second half. What have we got here? Dim Sim 19. Tigers win with Lottie playing with all the grace of a spastic seal with lubricated dildos as hands. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't mention the great man. Uh, uh, look, I, I, let me just address it. 16, 16 super coach points, Lottie. Wasn't... Uh, wasn't really the greatest performance from yeah. the great one. <laughs> it wasn't a performance even. A couple of loose carries. Uh, one run across field where he actually used his size and his grace to um, stop being pumped and yeah. then finally got tackled and dropped the ball. Um, yeah. Yeah, He'll be looking it, to bounce back with a big one this week. basically like uh, one of those games where you're just saying, don't pass it, don't pass it to him. No, just don't. And he's, and then no, he's, I'd, then I'd never hold, say then, that. Then you're holding your breath every time he's got the ball because you know at the end of it, no matter what he does, it's going to pop out. I'd never say it. <laughs> you know me, man. I'm a degenerate gambler. Like, yeah, I'll put true. my money on fucking green zero every time. <laughs> no matter how many times it doesn't come up, I still keep the faith. I'm much like a Dragons fan. Jamos STG, speaking Dragon fans. Dear, oh dear, what happened to my Dragons in the second half? If only I had five cents every time we surrendered half-time leads this year. Five cents? Five cents. I mean, I mean yeah, you'd be a there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next game. Saturday afternoon slash evening. Brisbane Broncos 40 defeated the New Zealand Warriors 10. Broncos were the big beneficiaries of this weekend's action after the Warriors had a flight mix-up and left their skill, heart and form at home and turned up to the game as lifeless husks. The Warriors had a good first set. <laughs> But that was it for the entire game as the oh, Broncos made them pay for their errors and lapses, of which there were many. The Broncos laid on three first-half tries, first in the 15th minute to Alex Glenn, followed by a try to Jack Reed in the 28th and Lockie in the 35th minutes. Perfect half with the boot to Corey Parker saw the Broncos take a commanding and match-winning lead of 18-0 into the Orange's break. Second half, more of the same. Warriors making error after error, both in defence and with the ball in hand. And if the match wasn't over at half-time, it certainly was after 51 minutes when Corey Parker scored a try. Coming into the final 20 minutes, the Warriors laid on two tries to give them the faintest glimmer of hope. Felitti Mateo scoring in the 60th minute and Manu Vadovai in the 64th to reduce the Broncos' lead to 14. The Broncos finished strongly, though, putting on three quick tries in the final 10 minutes of the game. Two McCulloch in the 71st minute, Hodges in the 74th and Beal in the 77th minute to give them a final emphatic scoreline of 40 points to 10. There's an old saying in rugby league, Nathan. Warriors are rocks and diamonds, and this was rocks. Manu Vetevai cannot catch. That is an old saying. It hasn't, hasn't been brought out since you know, 2007 or whatever it was in the game against the Eels. Holy fucking hell, he had a shocker. That was one of the, one of the great implodey performances. I love that... Manu. I think he's a fantastic player, and I felt really bad for him. Yeah. But the comic value of his oh, performance just... and the montage... The Channel yeah. 9 just happened to put together. With, with him praying and like on his haunches then running to catch a bomb and it just spills straight down his front <laughs> like he's eating spaghetti. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's just, it needed like the Benny Hill theme or the, that suit. 
you know it's a shite state of affairs for your team when they would be better off with fucking Chris Nadino in this position. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know you had a shit game. <laughs> and I can't believe you didn't get hooked. I understand there'd be a demoralising thing and, you know, possibly devastating for confidence for future finals games. But holy Interesting shit. Interesting that Wally Lewis was calling for it in yeah. commentary. And if they had a oh, hook- he's got to be hooked. He's got to get off. If they had a, if they had a hooked him at half time, they might have been a chance. Because the thing I did notice, especially in the second half, is that the Broncos' defense wasn't great. And the Warriors were seen to bend them back and make ground at will, especially when Mateo started getting going um, towards the, you know, in the sort of third quarter of the game, heading into the last quarter. Mm. Um, and the thing was, Mateo. He did have a couple of forced offloads, which really hurt him too. He did, he did, but he also had a couple of breaks that he made where he didn't have anyone in support. Mm. Um, so I think that the Broncos, they certainly, they benefited a lot from a team that was so badly in, in the uh, rocks category. Oh. Um, it's one of the great finals implosions for mine. Uh, a team that had a lot of high hopes uh, and expectation behind them and just absolutely I really played as if they were spooners. Yeah. In this game. They tend to go okay. They tend, they tend to go all right in Brisbane. They only got done by a point less than a month ago, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. It's just atrocious. I think they were overawed by the occasion. And, and admittedly, the final 10 minutes, he still turned it from 24-10 well to 40. Gone yeah. Before they scored those couple of tries. But, but it was 24-10 as opposed to 40-10. And 24-10, we'd probably be having a slightly different discussion. Sure. You know. But uh, as I started to say, that they were overawed by the occasion initially. And after the first couple of tries and, and mistakes, they really dropped their heads. And in a semi-final game, I thought that was really surprising. Yeah. If there was any chance that they were going to stay up for a game this might have been it but geez, it just it just went from bad to worse like the missed tackles the forced passes as they got more desperate and then when the Broncos had the ball they were making great ground through the middle with their young forwards um, and I have to say they didn't really miss Thide at all oh, no not at all I thought Alex Glenn uh, Gillette and Maguire all had awesome games yeah and you see Gillette as it has Gillette like, you're putting in the chip and chase oh. <laughs> Unstoppable, and with his injuries this year, like he was, he was great last season, but he's had a bit of an injury plague season this year. But he doesn't lack anything in confidence. Like no, he's no. stepping blokes and throwing big underhanded dummies and <laughs> yeah. slipping it inside the locker, chipping yeah. over the top. Oh, fucking what is he twenty or something? Yeah. Unbelievable. These generation Y guys, you can't coach them, but the guys that can play. Yeah, fucking amazing, eh? Like, yeah. just no fear whatsoever out on the field. Especially in the high-stakes games. Yeah, exactly. But I, I thought um, Beal answered, well, I say naysayers, I mean me. Yeah. I had serious reservations about how he was going to replace Hoffman. I thought he had a great game. Yeah, he's no Hoffman, but I mean, he had a good game. Yeah. No doubt about it. Good he, he certainly filled the, Yeah, he filled the spot. And he's not as... He's not as much slower than Hoffman as I thought he was. No. When he broke into the clear when they scored that try down the left, he was um he didn't seem to get out of sort of third gear and yeah. no one was making any ground on him. Um Sean Johnson, the Warriors were probably in the midst of their imploding and he made a bit of a break, um, backed up on the inside and then put a kick through that no one else knew was on. Yeah. And that's where they had players galore. Yeah, and they could have passed it through, you know, through the hands. That's exactly the type of play that I was worried he might have in him when he got pressure put on yeah. him. And that was one of the points we brought up last week: how he would perform on the big stage when the pressure's mounting on him. And that particular play, Said he was found wanting. Yep. <laughs> um, and I'm not sure he had too many other big plays in the game. Maloney pretty much went off with a spotless jersey. 
I don't think they called his name, you know, more than a couple of times in the game. Yeah, we, he did, when he, he was missing uh, he in action. put the hit on Lockyer, that was, yeah. one of his, that was probably his best moment. Yeah, only, I dare say. <laughs> yeah. So, good win from the Broncos, but I'm not sure that their opposition presented too many challenges for them, as the scoreline would indicate. So I'm not sure they tested as, you know. So not, I mean, it's a good win. Can't can't take that away from. And you them. can only like at the end of the day, they can only play what's in front of them. Exactly. And they put forty points on a team that didn't show up, and that's yep. what you'd expect a team to do. So exactly. You got to credit him for that performance. All right, one hundred and two, Megan. She's back. Maybe Manu Vatavai should play a trombone rather than trumpet to describe their performance. And I'll say maybe she'd play a fucking Vuvuzela game that he had. And I thought it was quite, a, it was an interesting revelation through the commentary when they said that Marnie plays the trumpet. Yeah, they brought it up a few weeks ago yeah. as well. Backward sit. Oh, <laughs> a New Zealand Warriors fan. The Mighty Warriors executed the game plan to perfection. Throw this game to give themselves two more games before the grand final win. That makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> fucking... They were never going to get the week off, no matter what. <laughs> Jason GM, PI. Looked like the Warriors ran slash swam to Suncorp, and Manu must have forgotten to dry his hands. <laughs> Mark Tramby. Not, capital letters, not worthy of a finals game. A disgraceful performance. Simon. Well, I, I don't think you can blame the Broncos. <laughs> I think they did what was expected of them, given their opposition. To I'm prepared to read that into the tweet. <laughs> Mate, you know, you do what you want, but I'm prepared to I'm prepared to say that he means it for both teams. Simon Durry, I feel like crying. At least I had half time to prepare myself for the disappointment. Mannering injury killed us before Manu did. No, Manu killed us. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're uh, I think you're placing too much emphasis on Mannering. Marcus underscore Rob, the Warriors must have day jobs at a butter factory. So much drop ball, the Broncos just had to turn up to win. And then he's throwing on, you know, hash Broncos Premiers 2011. So he's finished Why with a fairy story. Yeah, he's finished with a fairy Delete. story. And Cruzio 6, the Geldings. Delete. Yeah. <laughs> Cruzio 6, the, the, the Geldings bucked off the sheep in wolves' clothing and found them to be little pygmies who can't catch a fucking ball. Interesting. Hmm. He's put a, lot of, uh, put a lot of work into that one. Meanwhile, Cruzio's fucking four foot tall. <laughs> he's not that short. He's taller than you, isn't he? Hey, fucking wait. Tower over him. Tower over him like a monolith. You tower over your son. That's about (laughs) it. (laughs) And my son. All right, Saturday, the mighty Manly Seagulls, 42. Destroyed the news, the North Queensland Cowboys. I was going to say, the the New Zealand, the New Queensland Cowboys, eight. Our first sudden death game of the final series, at least for one of the sides, and in a massively uninspiring first half from both sides, it was the Cowboys who struck first. Jonathan Thurston knocking over a penalty goal in the 15th minute after declining the chance to go for the try. The first and only try of the half came in the 27th minute with Willie Tonga collecting a try from a JT grubber and following the conversion, the Cowboys took an 8-0 lead into half-time break. Desi delivered a half-time speech or spray for the ages, I would imagine, or he just switched the on-switch on. And it was a different manly side in the second half. Solid from the get-go, and they finally opened their account in the 48th minute via a regulation try to Hopper Jr. in the corner. Manly finally took the lead in the 56th minute with a great try to Brett Stewart off a miracle pass from Kieran Foran. 
Six minutes later, they were in again, this time after Cherry Evans put up a perfect bomb that bounced off the upright, straight to waiting Watmo, who strolled over for the simplest of tries. Lyon continued his perfect night with the boot, and Manly were up 18-8. Despite having the game seemingly won, Manly kept up the tempo and went right on with it, Stewart grabbing his second try in the 70th minute, followed by further tries to Bure in the 73rd, Hopper Jr. in the 76th, and finally Matty Ballin right on full-time. Wangman was given the honour of taking the final conversion, which wasn't the easiest angle in the world either for like a testimonial goal, I have to say. And final score was amazing, 42 points to eight. There's an old saying in rugby league, Nathan. Thank fuck it wasn't 40 nil in the second half. <laughs> yeah, they gave that conversion to Wangman to make it like, you know, symmetry. Yeah, because it was like... It was probably like, what, 20 metres to the left of the uprights. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't like a simple... You know, usually they give the guy, like, who never takes thought, the goal. I thought he'll miss this and everybody will be like, oh, 40 nil, 40 fucking nil, 40 fucking nil, Yeah, but, but, but what, you, what you're failing to realise, what you're, what you're failing to realise is, is it gives people the opportunity to go, 42 nil this year, go <laughs> to better. It's a sequel, 40 nil two, 42 nil. Oh, fuck. 40 nil What? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I thought another was, old uh, saying in rugby league that yeah. made no sense <laughs> the, other, the, other, the other funny thing that Wangman getting that conversion in usually they do those in the home and away season when there's no sheep stations on the result yeah. always, I mean yeah the game is over but I mean I think it was a, it's a bit of a like, uh, I think it was a bit of a kick in the balls to the, the Cowboys as well like we fucked you over so badly we're going to fucking just throw this, like, this conversion over to a dude that, you know <laughs> well, I was 40 guys. to 8 so, so hopefully next week we'll, uh, well sorry the week after next week you know we'll give, uh, give uh, Rodney I mean, I guess he's kicked goals in his past, though, so he doesn't need it as madly. But he should no. have been rubbed out for fucking this career and whatever career he might have next. Fucking hideous, <laughs> hideous tackle on Corey Patterson. Put the man in neck brace. Snapped his neck. Fucker. Snap, snap. <laughs> yeah, by touching him on the face. And, and, touching and, him on the face and, like uh, a sledgehammer. It's yeah. a disgrace. Hey, Rodney. Rodney doesn't know his own strength. So, what did you did you have any actual comments on the game to say, or are you just got to fucking slag? Oh, I'm going to slag. I've got plenty of slagging to do, but look, you can't shy away from their second half performance. You can't. If you, do, thought, if you do, it'll be more points. To be honest, I thought if the Cowboys had to come out in the second half and put another try on, then the upset was on. But they never got a look in. Fucking just super impressive for Manly. And it pains me to say it, but they just made breaks at will. Yeah. Their defense was great. Cowboys couldn't get any momentum. And then when Manly had the ball, they just fucking carved them up. <laughs> and the options too, it wasn't like it was just one, you know, they weren't like targeting one guy in the Cowboys side. No. And just, make, I mean, you, know, you had Bureau making, you know, breaks with footwork and then, you know, stride through, you know, busting tackles. You had T-Rex throwing on little offloads to set up breaks. Yeah, in then the inside balls. Yeah. I mean, you had Rodney you had Rodney making breaks down the right-hand side. I mean, Jamie Lyon was, you know, doing like Jamie Lyon's doing, kicking all the goals and fucking... You're just laying it on there, out on the right for Hopper Jr. Who would have thought that T-Rex is going to be this huge X-factor for Manly in this final series? He's, he's, I would not have picked that in a million fucking years. If there wasn't a guy called Daly Cherry Evans in, in the side, he'd almost be the fucking revelation of the season. I mean, we, we slayed that guy since the inception of this show. However, this season... We've given him one of the best nicknames ever bestowed <laughs> upon a human being. Exactly, and I've got to say... And not in a fucking complimentary way either, I might add. It's over. The salad days are over. Really? It's We're not even going to call him fancy salad like you said the other week? With avocado and bacon bits and croutons and shit? Yeah, but he's gone beyond fancy salad. I mean, now he's like... He's, he's, he's like he's a salad very, bar. He's very useful. Really? He's, he's extremely useful. 
I don't know what we could call him as a nickname for that. I had one come to my mind, but I'm not going to say it. But, <laughs> but um, yeah. I, I just got that. Yeah. And we had a bit of a wink and a nod and a ha-ha-ha. Yeah. Ha, yeah. <laughs> yes. you, know, you know what we're saying. Um, I, just, I didn't see anything from the Cowboys in the first half that they were going to implode the way they did. And I certainly didn't see anything from Manly in the first half that would indicate that they'd come out and play the way they did. <laughs> um, so I sat there for 40 minutes going, where the fuck did either of these performances come from? <laughs> and the thing is, the second half, the Cowboys, they weren't like the Warriors where like they self-destructed. No. They still they would have had a reasonable completion rate and they, yeah. they had their they chances. Just they just couldn't do it. anything happening. Yeah. And that's credit to Manly's defence. And the 42 unanswered points is credit to their attack and... And the beautiful side, the beautiful side of JT about you know about quarter of an hour before the end of the game, just fucking blowing up the lux, and you, that that's the point when I knew he had every right to. There was one play there where they fucking threw it over the sideline or got yeah. tackled over the sideline where they should never have been, and he was just like looking at him doing that thing where he's like pup blowing out, exhaling through his cheeks, like <laughs> shaking his head like yeah. fucking. <laughs> just... It's a beautiful sight. I mean, like, I love watching him in play because that's when you know you've really got it won because JT doesn't come back from that. When he starts doing that, he's fuck. He's he's not like he's not like he's soured. Like he'll still kind of do his job, but as far as like brilliant shit, and that's when he's lost the faith of his team as well. So he'll stop. He'll start throwing more dummies and stop. You know, trying to put plays on because he's just like. I've seen him still go ahead and win games when he's been in that frame of mind, but they're few and far between as far as yeah. He doesn't. Right, this is the second game against Manly. He's lost when he's imploded like that. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, the game was lost in this. You know, by the time he imploded, but um, it was still probably only like eighteen eight when he when I he mean, mentally. Plot- having said that, this is. This is six seasons of this bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Well, he made the finals this time, so I mean, yeah, he's gone one better. Fucking hell. <laughs> Poor bloke. Like, yeah. Well, he's still yeah. got a beautiful head of hair. I don't know yeah. how that happens. Because well, he, he keeps it under the uh, the headgear so he can't rip it out. Oh, yes. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was protect brain injuries, but it's actually just keeping his hair. Exactly. Um, are we going to touch on the crowd situation? Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely want to. I mean, with the crowd, obviously, you know, it was like thirteen, like high thirteens, so like thirteen nine, something like that, wasn't it? Um, and obviously, the simplistic, simpleton, ignorant viewpoint is to simply say, if you support your team, you go to the game, in quotes, which is fine for me, and it's fine for you as well, and it's certainly fine for you know, you know, single people, young couples, you know, and people of a certain level of income. And I've got a couple of reasons jotted down that I think I don't honestly don't know for sure, but I mean, just from I've spoken to a lot of people to try and get a get a read on it, and um. First point is like a protest vote, and now like Tim Sheens and Des that's has that's fucking retarded. Yeah, and we'll wait until wait till I finish it. Tim Sheens, no. and, Tim Tim Sheens and Des Hazel, they were shitting on the venues for the finals all week, almost asking fans to protest them. Me personally, I don't really agree with it, but I mean, I think it, I definitely reckon that there were was a percentage of people that did that. Um, I don't think it's as big a factor as some people think, but I mean, there definitely would have been some. I'd say, and to those people, I have to say, fucking shame on you. <laughs> Let's let me put it this way, right? I know you got more points to make, but I know for a fact that if you lived in Manly, yeah. and if you lived in the fucking manliest part of Manly, that was the <laughs> furthest fucking distance away from more park that yeah. Manly could get, <laughs> you would have found a way to get to that fucking game. Oh yeah, and you've got a family, and you work fucking ridiculous hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and, we'll get to that. Um. And like the thing, and that's all, that's exactly. I said, you know, why? Because you know, why wouldn't you go to your team and throw your support behind them? And I said, like, and if if Simone and Kill, if they weren't sick that you know the weekend, I would have fucking flown down from here mm. to the game. But I mean, you know, having said that, the NRL deserves every single protest that didn't turn up, and their non-attendance cost them about 150 grand, and that's and that's on them ultimately for for not showing any flexibility and not thinking it through. And I've got some solutions as well, but I'll get to those. Um, 
but I think the real reason it's a combination of things, and there's about three or four three or four factors, and couple any of you know like pair any of these up you know as a combination and i think it probably would cover the most the the, the vast majority um and the, you know the truth of the matter is that for different people they've, they've got different reasons and um and there's exceptions that you know there's exceptions to all of these but just after speaking with some cowboys fans and some manly fans who did go manly fans who didn't go rugby league fans in general who would you know just go to lob up the finals games just you know just to do it um I don't think these reasons by themselves, but you know, like if you've got a couple of these combined, you know, it's probably more, you know, a factor. Kickoff time: not a single game during the entire course of the season starts at eight thirty p.m. And so, in isolation, it's fine. But then, when you start combining it with some of the other factors that I'll get into, then it can become like you know an additional thing. The family thing: Brookie loves families. Um, they've got the fucking the the the, the hill on the short end opposite the Fulton Menzies stand. It's called the Family Hills for fuck's sake, and you see at any home game, it's just kids running around kicking footies on you know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And people can say what they like, but when you factor in a start time of eight thirty and finish time say ten thirty, extra travel time before and after for transport, it's not a friendly, it's not a family friendly option, and it doesn't remove families from the game. Like you were saying, like you know, it wouldn't stop me from going, and it wouldn't stop you from going. But it would stop you taking Jackson and Nicolin, and well, it would stop me taking. You know what I mean? So it doesn't. It doesn't remove people from the equation entirely. I just. I. I take your point, and I would say that will apply to X amount of people. I don't know what the factor is, right? But if it had a kick, I, I just don't see the argument. If it kicks off at seven thirty, that one hour is going to make this massive fucking difference. If you're going to take your kids, if you're going to take your kids to the footy, and they get home at eleven thirty as opposed to ten thirty. There is absolutely no fucking difference there. They're still well, past their bedtime. Well, there's a difference, and, not, and and the point it's not that it's not the point of the seven thirty versus eight thirty. That's the point of SFS versus Brookvale because if you're five minutes down the road from Brookie, the game finishes at nine thirty. You're home at nine thirty-five. But the game was always going to beat the SFS. So yeah, yeah, the yeah. But off time, the, the, the issue is the kickoff time eight thirty as opposed to what it would have been seven thirty. But if you if you're not you know if you say I mean you're not driving say you know you got to find public transport I mean I'll get to those as well. You know, if you want to drag kids on public transport, you're dragging them on later. I mean, trust me, I don't want to fucking do that. I mean, I and and what would happen is the 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 end the end of the story would be, I'd end up going. And either get a babysitter for the kid, and S would come, or she'd stay at home with the kid. Simple as that. And then right, right then you've cut you you've just cut a family in half, of the crowd. You know what I'm saying? And like Casey, listener of the show, the exact same thing. She was going with a baby that's you know only a couple months old and a husband. But because because it wasn't a brookie, the husband went, and she ended up staying home with the baby. And I mean, so I can guarantee you that that's not a unique situation. I was reading some comments. There was an article uh, where a guy I can't remember where it was um, today, but there was, a, there was an article where a guy was breaking down the reasons why how the NRL fucked up both of the home games um, for the Sydney teams, and the comments were full of things like that. There was like people, the grandparents saying, we're taking the grandkids and everything. We'd already arranged to take them and everything. And then they announced, you know, then it was like the SFS and like, fuck, you know, and you know, they couldn't... This they isn't have... something that was sprung on anyone. Well... This was agreed to at the start of the season. Yeah, but not that's not communicated to the public at the start of the season. The clubs know about it. But I mean, well, a lot of people... That's on both of... clubs. Both the Tigers and the Eagles and whoever else was fucking... Yeah, involved. but you don't know what, you don't know when your position is until, you know, like, I mean, Manly sort of did, but I mean, you know, Tigers, they didn't know that, you know, they didn't know they were going to be fourth until the day before tickets went on sale. Mm. So it's not, you know, you can't put it on the Tigers and you can't put it on the club that much. I mean, they only knew the day before as with finals because, you know, they only organised them. You know, who knows where the position's for, you know, until like the Monday they go on sale. And uh, another factor, you know, expense, once again, not a factor for me, not a factor for you. 
But um, in Brisbane, we're, we're, all, we're spoiled in the sense that we can jump on a bus or a train for free with our game ticket and go in and, in and back. And, um, like, you know, I've got a train station that's not close, but I could drive and park there and catch a train in for free. You catch buses, trains, you know, whatever, same diff. You know, you usually catch a train in as well, don't you, when you go into, like... Oh, I usually get a yeah. lift or get, like, exactly. drive to Sherwood and get a train for And um, yeah. that option was actually there for the Homebush game on Friday night, but for some reason wasn't provided for the Manly game. I don't understand that aspect. Yeah. But... And also, it makes it more difficult, given that there is no direct train or bus from Manly to Moore Park... And, you know, idiots go, oh, catch the ferry. That's fine. Catch the fucking ferry. You end up at Circular Quay and then you've got to catch a cab or a bus or something. I mean, you can't walk to fucking Moore Park. I mean, you can, but it'll take you 45 minutes to an hour. So, I mean, no, it's not an option either. Um, and I was t- and one of the fans, uh, Manly fans that went there, I mean, he was saying it cost him an additional 30 bucks to park, the, you know, for to, to drive down. And that's fine. I mean, for me, that's fine. You know, you know, we go, okay. We're talking you're okay. Manly fans, mate. Silver tails. <sighs> yeah. Don't yeah. roll your eyes. You've brought that exact fucking point up to me on numerous occasions over the course of this show for the last fucking season yeah. and almost two seasons. You're not that ignorant. You're fucking kidding. You're Manly's saying... not exactly Eds. Well, no, it's, it's, not not exactly, it's not exactly Eds, but it's not all fucking Fairlight either. You would say that it, was, uh, I mean, it wasn't people... exactly low socioeconomic. Well, I mean, you know, take DY. DY is. And it's in, it's I think just, I'd it's... struggle to buy a house in Manly. Yeah, you probably would struggle to buy a house in Manly. But like, you know, DY... But I'd still D- be able to spring 30 bucks to get the footy I mean, if I was watch my team play D- a semi-final. DY is airs by, airs by the sea. <laughs> I mean, you know, these these areas, I mean, these areas, I mean, you know, they come from all, you know, they come from all, all sides. I mean, you know... Don't so, spook about being fucking civil tales and then say you can't spring 30 bucks to get the footy. Hey, for to me... To watch your team play a semi-final hey, match. for me, it's not a problem. But I mean, like, let's say, for example, someone who's a student or whatever doesn't have an extra 30 fucking bucks. There are people, you can't sit in your position just because you make a lot of money and I make you know, decent money. We can't sit there and fucking judge people who don't have the money to buy a ticket and fucking spring out double the price because they've got to park as well. That's fucking retarded and ignorant. Ignorant? You're fucking ignorant. Don't fucking spruik about being silver tails in. The other thing. Fucking fibro. Fibro tails. Like I fucking just said, there's people from all fucking socioeconomic backgrounds, you dumb cunt. <laughs> Opposition. This is the other thing that no one ever mentions. There are two teams playing in this game, and one team bought not a single fucking person to the game. Now, if Manly were in I the game... I saw with Cowboys them, fans in the crowd. They were the staff. They were the staff. Now, they were, they were fucking, Wearing the big hats. They, they were trainers and shit. Exactly. They, <laughs> they had to try and bump it up. Now, um, That's wonderful. if Manly were in the game with another Sydney side, even a shit one like you know like the Rabbits, I guarantee that the crowd would be at least doubled. And so you'd say 28,000 out of a 44,000 seat venue, that would have at least justified the NRL's position to hold it there, given it would have exceeded the... 23,000 theoretical capacity at Brookvale. Um, Cowboys, obviously, <laughs> I'm fucking going to travel. Um, there's other things, I mean, like the distance, the distance isn't crazy physically. I think it's like 28 Ks or something as a crow flies. But, um, you know, there's a lot of people talking shit in Brisbane. And I mean, they're just trolls. I mean, they don't, you know, because they don't know what they're fucking talking about. But um, like where I live, for example, I mean, that's about 5 Ks further than I am away from Lang Park. Okay. Um, however, I've got direct bus and train options that take like 40 minutes to an hour to get in there. So once again, I think the public transport was a fucking a big issue. And uh, we got a tweet from uh, one of the uh, listeners who uh, obviously tweeted a lot in the past, uh, Annalise. Um, and she said, uh, for people who think that Manly fans don't travel, I personally travel with my brother, dad and uncle from Western Sydney to every home game and now the finals. That's an hour drive with tolls. She's uh, travelled to Wollongong and Newcastle this year. And uh, she mentions me saying she knows that obviously I'll be going to the prelims, grand final and everything. And she just says, actually, if you're a Manly fan, 
please get to SFS or ANZ next Friday because I know the boys love the noise. Of course they do. Of course they do, yeah. And they, and they were fucking noisy. I mean, <laughs> well, they always are. And I did enjoy the Thurston's a wanker chant that went up. I didn't hear that one. When he started imploding, that's what oh, really? happened. Yeah. <laughs> just to push his buttons a little bit further. Exactly, just to push him further down into that hole. <laughs> <laughs> did you have any game-related stuff to say now? Otherwise, I get on the because it's got the tweets as well. We've gone a bit long on this because of the, the uh, fucking crowd thing, but um, had to be said. Sure, I just. I think the biggest problem for the Cowboys in the second half, other than the fact that Manly played great was that they got absolutely nothing from Payne or Seguiaro in the hooker position and nothing out of Ray Thompson. And yeah. they got a little bit out of Bowen, but it was really all onto Thurston, which there's no real distant difference to how it's been since he joined the club. But fuck, give the guy some help. You'd almost guarantee, though, that they would have done better without Thurston. And not because Thurston played badly. No. In the first half, he played very well. But they, and he defended. when he's not there, they have no choice but to aim up. And and, in, and and he defended very well as well. I think the reason that um, that Cherry Evans was quiet, I mean, the forwards weren't going forward in the first half, undoubtedly, um, for Manly. But I think also Thurston was aimed, he was marking, personally marking Cherry Evans. And every time he got the ball, he just like, he made sure he, he hit him whether he passed it or not. And so I think he kind of was a bit subdued because Thurston was on really on his defensive game as well. And then they started... You know, they mainly sort of countered that by running Rodney at Thurston a few times, and that kind of backed him off a bit, and then, you know, the rest is history. Um, so, anyway, in summary, Manly fans are afraid of the dark and eat baked beans behind the doors of their fucking million-dollar Northern Beaches homes. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Uh, Jeremy Jack 01. There was a distinct 08 grand final feeling in the second oh, half of this game. Oh, fucking hell. Snake, well, I hate that as much as snake, I hate It's just like 2005 for snake, Tigers. Fozzie, Hopper, Cherry, T-Rex, all amazing. Garbs, 1985. After the Tigers game, everyone was saying their favourite favourites to win. The same happened after both games tonight. <laughs> and then he's got a... <laughs> yeah, after both games, they said the Tigers are favourites to win the Tigers. No, game, no, right? then after Brisbane game, they said the Brisbane are favourite, <laughs> and then Manly obviously became favourite. Um, and yeah, and then he's just added <laughs> randomly that Manu's a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there I'm not going to argue with that. So that was kind of a, 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 a three-game commentary all over there. Just an interesting um, side note on the 2008-2005 uh, living in the past thing. I said to Nicklin, we had breakfast on Sunday morning together, Kid-free, which was nice. Got to sit down and relax. And I said, how fucking awesome is it going to be when the Tigers win the comp this year? She goes, you know what? I think it is going to be awesome. You know why? Because I can stop here in about 2005. <laughs> <laughs> oh, imagine if they lose. <laughs> be divorced, instant divorce. Oh, what a magical wife I have. She will. She Does will literally. Does not pump me up one little bit. Jess. She will. She will literally kick you out if the Tigers <laughs> lose because she just won't want to be around it. Uh, Chris Wargren, huge second half for Manly. Played like real contenders. Too bad about the poor showing from the fans. And like, if there's people, I'd love to get like a everyone listening to this who's actually like a Manly fan or a Cowboy fan for that matter. I mean, I don't think realistically speaking, there'd be no Sydney-based Cowboy fans, or there'd be like oh, a dozen if that. Any, you know, yeah. I mean, like. They're not a team that I think that you could support from afar and you wouldn't have a real reason unless for some reason you had to relocate from North Queensland. And I can understand that because, you know, fuck North Queensland. Um, <laughs> but I'd be very interested here just to get a, a poll like of the general listenership in general. If you were, um, if you didn't go as a protest thing, I only know of one person that has come out and said it, but don't be shy. Tell us. 
<laughs> DM us if you have to. I'm just interested to see how many people, and and if you can just include your reasoning behind it, I'd be very, I'd just be very interested to hear it because I mean that that's the angle that I just can't Look, abide. In my perspective, I relate everything <clears throat> to me. And if I lived in Sydney, <laughs> I would go to every fucking Tigers game. Oh well, we've ever. had this, we've had this discussion before. If we lived in Sydney, fucking, we'd be going. And we'd to, be, we'd, we'd have to marry each other, and be, that would we'd, be fucking we'd, annoying. We'd be going to every Manly and Tigers game. We'd easily we'd fucking road trip it down to Canberra. Easy road trip it up to up to Newcastle. Easy, and you know we'd have to come and see our family. So that'd be the occasion we'd come for the Brisbane game if there was a Brisbane game. The only game, the, the only... <laughs> so we'd still stay married, but we'd live together in Sydney just to go to the. Well, well, I meant I meant family. I meant I, I meant I didn't mean family like wives. And I meant like you know like you have, you, know, you got your mother up here. Oh, you know, okay. I that, yeah. Fucking, um, I was gonna say, geez, haven't you created a weird so, little world so for th- us? So theoretically, like the only games that you'd miss, and even so, you'd probably go to them as well if you could would be the Melbourne North Queensland New Zealand games so yep <laughs> and I mean maybe Titans because you know and yes I understand we are in an advantageous position where um, we don't live in Eds anymore yeah but fucking hell I, I hate not being able to go to more Tigers games same so. same I hate not going to Tigers games too <laughs> <laughs> Strap, so strap, strapping the TNT on the fucking yeah. <laughs> going hatting myself. That's enough terrorist talk. Come yeah. on. That's a, I forgot I don't go for Melbourne. Um, <laughs> moving along to Saturday, Such the final game. Vuvuzela of the round, I guess. Melbourne Storm defeated the Newcastle Knights. Scoreline of, what was it, 18 points to eight? That's, a, that's exactly what it was, Nathan. I just, for some, reason, for some reason, I just didn't write it there. I don't know why. I think I wrote, I think what happened is when I was preparing my notes during the game, I just wrote Melbourne Storm defeated Newcastle Knights before the kickoff. <laughs> I didn't go back and put the score in afterwards. The Knights they started off well, but they never looked likely to take advantage of their dominance. And it was the Storm who opened the scoring through a try to Matt Duffy in the fifteenth minute of the game. From that point on, the Storm pretty much dominated the entire match. They never really gave the Knights a sniff, and their next points came in the twenty ninth minute when a series of crisp passing created a try for Bow Champion and a ten nil scoreline. Fucking beautiful set play too. Yeah, five minutes before half time, the Storm were in again a cross field banana kick, finding Adam McDougal, who served it right up to Sikamanu on the try line, giving him the easiest of tries, and the Storm a 16 nil half time lead. The Knights they began the second half strongly again, but once again the Storm had their measure for the most part. They're, they extended their lead to 18 nil via a penalty goal, and that was it for the game. Finally, in the 63rd minute of the game, the Knights got themselves on the board through a try to Kurt Gidley. But he kicked his conversion from the bench, and the margin remained 14. Four minutes later, they were in again for the final Uate Pate of the season. And once again, Gidley missed the conversion, leaving him 10 points short. The Knights almost scored through mid-Mattis with minutes remaining, but the try wasn't awarded, and the final scoreline was Melbourne 18, Knights 8. Storm were far from their ruthless best, and there's a lot riding on their next game to make it into the grand final. And coming off a week's rest... I think they got it cut out to put their best performance together, based on their last yeah. few matches. I think they had the manly they'll, game. The they'll get like game. you know they'll get Widdop back though. Or, you know well, like, they'll, this game. they'll get him back to like not carrying the. Yeah, you okay. know what I mean like there's no way he was 100. percent I mean no. if he was in doubt for as long as he was, he sure. wasn't 100. Um, percent But you know just in the lead up, they've had the yeah. brawl game. Yeah. They got pumped by the Roosters. Yeah. But I mean, which you can read yeah, into that yeah. what you will. I read into that. And as this was far from convincing. I feel. Well, the, the the thing is, when you know when you watch the game, the way that the play went, it was very convincing to the Storm. They just didn't put points on that, to, that reflected the amount of dominance. One of their tries the game, come from a wayward Knights pass. When if 
if the pass had found a Knights player's hand, then the Knights were away up the up the left as well. Oh, so. you know, and you know, and Gidley could have kicked some fucking goals and made it a six, and then McManus could have grounded the ball without you know getting kicked in the face. I think by if, if Gidley had to kick the two conversions, the Knights were you know one chance or one arsy play from actually yeah creating yeah. a bit of a boil over. So they weren't as far off as as what you might indicate. But oh, but I mean, like the Storm dominated like. All bar, like, say, 10, 15 minutes in the entire game. I mean, there's a little bit at the start of each half where the Knights kind of, you know, aimed up. But it's like they, they got no reward for it, and then they kind of sort of went back into their shells. And Melbourne just rolled along. I mean, I think they were only, you know, Melbourne were only sort of playing, you know, controlling as they had to, especially once they were out to sort of, you know, 16 nil and 10 nil and everything, because yeah. the Knights weren't looking like they were going to score that easily. And, I mean, trust me, I hate defending Melbourne. But, I mean, they had these, they had them, fucking, they had them covered. Terrorist. They had them covered for the entire game. I take your point. I just feel that this is a semi-final. It's no time yeah. to take your foot off the pedal and cruise through. Because yeah. things can happen, mate. It's, yeah. it's an injury here, a I'm not saying they're cruising and like deliberately not trying to you know, increase their scoreline. Mm. But I have a feeling that if the Knights pushed back a bit harder, yeah. then they may have you know, been yeah, spurred, and, spurred on, into yeah. doing something. I get what you're saying. And like, you don't have to make a statement in the finals. I mean, Manly and Brisbane did. And I mean, it's strange for the Manly game because Manly never really went on and like, you know... Kane teams this season it only happened like maybe twice. You know they really put a flog in on, but um, you know I guess you know it's like in Melbourne's case you don't you know you don't have to you know have to do a statement under the radar if you can. I guess you only have to be as good as your opposition needs you to be to to get over the top of them. Yeah, so. exactly. And the Knights were looking pretty shoddy for most of the game. Well, I think the Knights overachieved to get to the finals in the first place, and in yeah. this game they were exposed. Yeah. A bit not without their chances here and there in this game, but having you know. With all that in mind, 2012 does bring a lot of promise. Fluffy's coming. Well, you know. St. Benny. You have to call him something else from Fluffy. You have to call him like Hot Stepper or something. He's a, he's a, he's a stair master because he gets stepped so easily. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's magnificent. I'm Straight off the top of the Fluffy. dome. Sorry? <laughs> Straight off the top of the dome. <laughs> That's magnificent. <laughs> For a club that's been so successful, Asterix, um, and with the minor premiers and title favourites this season, well, certainly at this point of the season, Storm got fifteen, less than 15,000 people to a game when there was 90,000 people across the road watching another code. Yeah. yeah I mean, NRL's got a fucking lot of work to do down there. <laughs> yeah, and apparently there was only like 80,000. You know, they, they picketed, you know, and they... They lobbied hard with Channel 9 and the NRL to get the game shown live on TV and they got like something like 80,000 people, Mm. 86,000 people or something watched it live, which is a dreadful figure. I think the crowd had... I mean, the fact that there were 90,000 across the road, I mean, that's going to have a massive... 14,000, I think, is representative of the fan base of the Melbourne Storm when there's nothing else on. The the core Melbourne Storm fan base that are going to go to every Melbourne Storm game. Then you've got the ones that sort of would go because they're interested, but not as interested as if their AFL team's playing. How many more people would have been interested had they been showing their games live all season? Well, there's yeah. that, yeah, and that's and that's not you know that's nothing you can put on this particular game, but I mean that's like general failure of the NRL overall, with you know. And Channel Nine. And Channel Nine, yeah. Yeah, I just you know with the wonderful players they've got in that side and and everything they've done this year, I think they deserve better than less than 15,000 people showing up to their first finals game. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that was a bit disappointing, but um, all in all, pretty methodical sort of performance and, you know, they earned the week off and let's see how they come out against their next opponent, whoever that might be, Nathan. 
West Tigers, I presume. Well, let's not get carried away. We're taking it one week at a time. Team's mate. got them covered well and got truly, it, too. Know, the Warriors have, have had a good season. They've got a lot of quality players. <laughs> Fuck off, idiot. Cliche, cliche, cliche. If you, You'll beat them 34 to 12. Let's get to that, shall we? No, we've got tweets. Oh. Mr. Bowles. Fuck, I hate Melbourne. Shit city. Arrogant bunch of wrestling fuckers. Enough said. <laughs> He's That's like, he's, he hasn't commented on the game. I mean, you know, the guy that can rock a number five per tell jersey in his display picture, he's just got to hate life anyway. <laughs> Eddie NZ, of the four winners this weekend, I wouldn't have picked the minor premiers to be the most unimpressive. Hash robotic cheats. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of anti-Melbourne sentiment I'm, I'm picking up. Laws Australia. Is there a sad downbeat version of the Uate Parte music? Perhaps played on a lone bugle? <laughs> Too limited? <laughs> How do you get Manu, Manu Vatavai to play it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he'd, he'd be playing the sad songs anyway. Previews, the finals, week two, season 2011. Kick-off Friday night football. The West Tigers versus the New Zealand Warriors at the Sydney Football Stadium. God damn this game being on a Friday. To the fact that you couldn't make it down. People away from work, left, right and centre. <clears throat> yep. Two guys on holidays. Can't really fuck. How many sick days are you taking this year? Fuck all. I don't take sickies. Well. I don't do it. Same. Sicky. Could. I couldn't do it. I, could, I, I just don't have the conscience for it. Look, I'm gonna give you this. I'm gonna give you the hot tip. This is what you do: ring them up first thing. Book your ticket and shit. Yeah. Ring them up first thing on Friday morning. Gastro. No more questions asked. Why? Because <laughs> no one wants to hear about your shit and water. So it's it's the it's the the, the catch all sicky excuse. Really? Because no what one about herpes. No. Oh. What if I say I've woke up? I've got all these scabs yeah, on my you, penis. Yeah. Well, yeah. You see, you're smiting yourself. And by, you on know. top of that. <laughs> Shit. There's, there's some black guy with tattoos in my bed <laughs> answering to Rennie <laughs> oh, oh, I've lost it that's fantastic you're on fire tonight oh, no. someone is such a cranky prick when I got here yeah, you're I was, great I was a bit <laughs> I was a bit fiery um, yeah um so yeah, that's the thing. Gastro is always excuse because no one, no one wants to ask you questions about about <laughs> having diarrhea. I mean, if you say you got a cold, they'll be like, "Oh, what's you know? Oh, are you okay? Is it head cold, flu? Oh, just you know, it invites questions." It's a bit the same. I ring up and say, "I'm not coming into work. What's wrong with you?" I'm Nathan Gillis. No one wants to know another fucking thing about that. It's like, well, it must be bad. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't come in for a month. Yeah, that, unfortunately, that, that can't possibly work for me because I'll be ringing up myself and saying, hey, boss, I'm not coming I'm, to work today. Hey, boss, I'm myself. Yeah, I, I, no shit, I know, because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting in front of the PS3 with you. <laughs> Interesting, uh, I don't know if it was a typo or if it was a bit of forethought from whoever does the team list for the NRL, but I've printed this out and it says Tigers coming soon. And I think they've left out to a grand final near you. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure I know what they put in there, and they knew exactly what they were putting in there. Is Blake Ashford in the side? There yes. Was, there was worry. For Blake Ashford? Yes. About him being concussed, I Is believe. Was. Yeah, from Gastro. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Blake? Uh, he, he, he was, I'm he Nathan was, Gillis. He was, he, was, he, was struck in, he was struck in the head so hard he shit himself. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, there was, there, was a, there was a worry about concussion. 
Oh, he didn't get a knock too, yeah, did he? Yeah, about him not backing up. Um, I, he has been named in the side, as has Betty the White. turn of the great one. Betty White. I'll fucking kick you in the face, man. <laughs> Betty White. Snickers. Let's call him Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's like too many levels of like <laughs> of obfuscation. On the that's mid-time. good, because if I just come out calling him Betty White, I feel bad. Snickers. Yeah, I'll, really call, I'll, call him, I'll call him Betty White. You're a cock. You can call him you know, your, your man love. Why wouldn't you love a man like that? What a legend. Oh, he's what a pretty, champion pretty of the breakable. Future runner up to you the had your way with, medal. You had your you had your way your way with him and you'd fucking break his hip. <laughs> That's why. Future runner up to for the Clive Churchill medal to Benji Marshall. <laughs> Bitch please. <laughs> the Warriors clearly have to play a whole lot better than they did last week to get anywhere near the Tigers. Just playing just playing would be a start. If they could just play. I can guarantee Vatavai will not play as badly as he did, and in fact, he may score more than one try. I don't think it's going to be enough for the Warriors to get over it. Yeah. 2011 Premiers. Now, what's happening, what's happening with Utah? Uh, he's been named on a really, 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 really extended bench. So they're going to go with Bo out there on, in the position where Utah was playing for most of the season? Yep. Okay. So, well, Utah, Utah played centres last week. Yeah, he played centres on the left Lottie, last week. Inside he, 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 was, he, was he was playing outside of... Um, on the on the right, wasn't he for most of the season though? Yes. On the wing, yeah. All the week, but Bo will be there. Which means what I'm saying is like he won't be it won't be him marking up against the B and it'll be Bo. Yeah. So Bo's already come out and said. Uh, so when gold yeah. teeth, are, when when gold teeth and and you know a hundred kilos of player are rumbling down the field towards him, we might get some of those classic moments where he tries to hook a forty twenty back in field or <laughs> you know fucking some retarded. <laughs> Let's hope not. Serve, I'm hoping not. But... Serve, serve up a feast for the beast. Oh, God. <laughs> Bo knows how to serve up a feast for the beast. That's, that's, what, that's what's going to be on the footy show next week. MC Gearless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't see the Warriors getting anywhere near the Tigers. No, nah, me think, neither. As fucked you know, as the Tigers are. If you the Broncos made a statement against them last week, then the Tigers will put several sentences together. I guarantee you that the, the scoreline won't be anything It'll like be that. There'll be paragraphs from the Tigers as to how great they are. Oh, yeah, like Benji in the paper. Follow me, boys. Well, if he had said that to Come me, I would have said, I'm with you too, Benji. I don't know what you're talking about. I've got no idea what you mean, but I'm with you. I would have said, say what you want, champ. I said, fucking sit, I said, fucking sit down. Lucky's better than you. Get me a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> I have a happy meal way there. Hold the sauce. With the girl's toy. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it have to be a girl's toy? I was just saying because you know you you prefer you prefer iCarly toys to <laughs> to Ben Ten. I fucking love Ben Ten, man. I have to play that way. Fucking this is random show, isn't it? <laughs> Very much so. Do you have anything to add to the West uh, Tigers New Zealand Warriors? Are you going to nominate a, a potential scoreline? Uh, forty nil. That's not going to fucking happen. Okay, never, we'll never will West Tigers get forty nil. Um, my prediction is uh, something in the vicinity of thirty to thirty-four points to the West Tigers, and you know ten to fourteen for the Warriors. I'll First say. try scorer. First try score, uh, El Takiri Johnson. Fuck off. Lock. What would have to be a Warriors player? Why can't they just get a couple of pissy Because the Tigers, because the Tigers are notoriously slow starters when the pressure's on. Oh, fuck. They tend to go, okay, you know, they'll throw on the first try against the, the Sharks. Scored after three minutes against the uh, 2010 Premiers last week. Three minutes. Yeah, With an unbelievable. It was. Drop it was. It, it was, wasn't. It was six minutes, and it was fucking clear no try. I mean, the fix was in from the start. It was a drop, kick, and chase. The dragons had no chance. Drop, kick, and chase. The dragons had no chance 
It's the new black. Tom Waterhouse was bought and paid for that game. <laughs> the Dragons needing to pay it turned up. Um, Super Saturday, Brisbane Broncos versus the St. George Illawarra Dragons at Suncorp Stadium. You going to go? No. <laughs> Why, you might ask. Okay, I'll play a stupid fucking game. Why? Fuck, fuck those teams, that's why. <laughs> no, I, I, I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, I'm going to be going down to the footy you know, the next weekend, the weekend after. And I thought, oh, and I don't really, you know, I don't support any of the teams. In fact, it could be said, you know, one could say that I hate both of the teams. And oh, I hate such a strong word, and, and I'd probably have an aneurysm from like hating so much in the game and not being able to find anything to support. Honestly, sitting with these two sides, watching a game, it, I just... I mean, we've said it before, it'd be like, you know, trying to, you know, pick your favourite out of, you know, Darth Vader versus Hitler. or you Pick know. your favourite form of cancer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm actually, I'm th- giving some consideration to taking Jackson. Well, you should. But I think it's too far. I've got to fucking pay for it. Well, I don't have to pay for a train. I might you have to pay, pay a toll to get you to get, the station. You know you get a lift from... Too you, far, I get you, home late. You get, no, I know you won't. It's a, no, because it's actually early, isn't it? It's like 7.30. 6.45. See, why's that? Saturday night game, why couldn't it, you know what I mean? Fucking Channel 9 and their TV I rides. I love it. I love it. Channel 9... Can't ru- make it. It's too fucking far to go. Channel 9 ruined lives. Essentially. But definitely, potentially, they do. Jeez, they play some shit programs and the footy's not on. Well, uh, who's going to win this game? Broncos. I would I would think the Broncos would win, oh, given the lucky thing. so mentally fucked. <clears throat> yeah. Do you reckon? Can do you reckon Benny can turn him around? He's the master of managing people. Unless Benny runs out and does every hit up, every kick, he's an old and man. Makes that's every tackle. Gonna, he's an old man. That's not going to work. And that's what I'm saying. That's the only <laughs> chance the Dragons have got to win. So he's <laughs> 600 years old. Yeah, and I'm inclined to agree. Do you, can you nominate a scoreline? I think the Dragons will hold their defensive structure in patches long enough to stop the Broncos getting too far ahead of them. I'm going to be similar kind of thing. 24-12. Yeah. Similar similar sort of ballpark to what it was last time, I think. Um, I wonder if the Dragons, you know, when if they're offered up a penalty goal, I wonder how many of them they accept. Six. <laughs> well, 24-12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, of course, Manly and Storm get a deserved week off. Interesting uh, little side note on NRL on the team list. Yes. The famous Red V is starting to look pretty fragile under the pressure of being reigning premiers. And if there are any chance in this matchup, they will need to find their mojo. Yep, that's pretty much what we said in uh, not as uh, you know in several more words than that. We get a fucking job on NRL dot com. Wow! So you mean we You'd could have make to swear less? So 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 do you mean that we could uh, formulate those player matchups like Brett Stewart versus Glenn Stewart? Yeah. And and, uh, and, and <laughs> or yeah. Jamie Soward versus Ben Hannon. Yeah, yeah, you know, like the the head to head encounters as they are. <laughs> This week we have contributions from at 102 Megan and at the Trophy Box. Here we go. Hey Tool Nation, it's 102 Megan with a short rhyme about everyone's favourite feline. The cat in the hat said that was that and showed this when the dummy is back. See ya!
Hello this week in league listeners. At the Trophy Box here with my wrap on the Seagulls versus Cowboys qualifying final. First I'd like to address playing a game at SFS. I completely understood the NRL's reasons for moving games away from Sydney Metro home grounds, but clearly in the case of this game it failed. 13,000 was far less than the Seagulls had at Brookvale home finals in 2007 and 2008. Hell, it was 7,000 less than our last home game against the Storm. Clearly it failed and it must have cost the NRL a bomb, especially considering how many free tickets they reportedly gave away and the fact that the gates were thrown open to all junior rugby league players. While there have been calls that Manly fans boycotted the game, I think that's not entirely accurate. With the game located an hour away from the Seagulls' home base and kick-off at 8.30, it was never going to work. It didn't matter how many thousands of free tickets they gave away, families were never going to travel for a game that far away at that time. For those not familiar with the setup, it cost $28.50 in tolls and parking to get from the beaches to SFS. That's more than the NRL charge for a GA ticket for the home final in the past. Everyone will have something to say about this in the media, but the fact is it failed and the NRL needs to work out a solution moving forward because there's a pretty big chance the Seagulls will be top four again next year. That being said, a big up for the 13,000 Manly fans that made the effort because it was a cracker of a second half. And for those of us that made the effort, witnessing it firsthand has created memories that will last for a very long time. I'd also like to finish this up with a couple of big ones. I'd like to throw out a big get well to Vidmar. He's the unofficial on the ground leader of the Manly Ringer travelling supporters. He broke his leg during the week, which saw him miss his first Seagulls game since 2009. That's a big effort considering we've played up and down this country and also to New Zealand. Hopefully be back um, and able to crutch his way to the SFS in two weeks time. I'd also like to finish up with a special mention to young Jamie Bura. The kid only came on in the closing 10 minutes of the game but sliced open the cows, breaking tackles with every hitter. He made a 40 metre break that led to a try and he scored one himself. A sign at the ground, which I suspect by the location was someone in his family, called him Mr. Fix-It, and that's pretty close to the truth. Last week, he slotted into 5-8 against Lockyer and kept him pretty quiet all game. He also had a big hand in the Seagulls' second half for Surgeon. When he filled in at left centre earlier in the year, his combination with Forum carved up the opposition. This guy could be the next Glenn Stewart. If they were selling shares on his future, I'd be buying him now. Well, that's all from me today. Thanks, guys, for giving me the opportunity to have my say. I've loved listening to this week in league all year. It's a very husky at the trophy box signing off. Go Manly, and we'll see you in two weeks. time for episode number 65 as always you can interact with us on twitter so follow at twi league during games we'll let you know the match specific hashtags to use as well facebook time is ticking away and we're slightly short of our goal of 800 so everyone who's listening right now should go and recommend us to all their friends on facebook and then we will exceed the 800 barrier by about can't you just click and say invite friends yes
Yes, you can. The fuck are you all doing? Yeah. You can click the invite button and then put your own flavour on it. Put your own flavour on it? And, invite, uh, invite, invite. And if everyone who's if everyone who's listening gets on Facebook, we'd, we'd hit the 800 because there's lots of people we'd who listen. We'd hit the 800 fucking thousand if everyone did it to every friend <laughs> in their friends list. And if everyone who listened... Who had you know, if everyone who listened had Facebook, then we wouldn't be talking about eight hundred. We'd be talking about significantly more. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, what are you doing? Do us a favour. Hit the like give button. Give us an early on. Christmas present. Come on, man. Support independent media. I mean, we do Fuck this, independent we, media. We just support this, us. We do this for you guys. Yeah, because we love you. Especially when you see the new presents we got coming. Oh fuck yeah! iTunes, keep the reviews coming. Short one, but sweet one this week from a listener name. I presume it's pronounced Liquid. It's L-I-K-W-3-D. Headlines. Jeez, you've done well there. I was like, what the? does that say? Hey, I, I, can, I can do the lead speak, man. Don't you worry about that. The what speak? Oh, fuck, I'm going to go again. What's it called? Is this on Pulp Fiction? Something, no. <laughs> something else from a, another facet of life that you've fucking never heard of. Okay. The headline is... So Ed's was not kind to me, was it? <laughs> no, no, not at all. So happy I found it. Five stars. Love it. Loving this podcast. I only found it two weeks ago. So Welcome. Welcome, Liquid. Liquid, if that is your real name. And uh, the website, become a Mighty member of the Mighty Twill Nation by signing up at thisweekinleague.com over the off-season. There'll be some changes there, which we will report later. Tipping, ESL tipping. We've had some changes finally after like months of static results in this competition. Rich the tipster still in the front, and it's um he's leading by 17, so I can't see him being headed. Tiger Benji has gone up a place. To be second, like 17 points behind, so it's a fair way behind. Warrior Bunny's tied with him, and the other one, he was he's the one that lost the place to Tiger Benji, so he's a, a further point behind. And I'm making a charge. I'm a couple of points behind that, and you, 16 points behind me in That's seventh. Fucking hideous, isn't it? Yeah. Now, NRL tipping. <laughs> yeah. No change at the top of the table for NRL tipping. Freak 09, he's first. One point behind is Fabs. Six points behind. Bronco Ringo. One point behind that, me in fourth. Giddy what? up, get some. Bobby Bronco in fifth, tied with Greg Inglis, ate my baby a couple of games back. <laughs> I love Greg Inglis, my baby. That's such is, isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you are in seventeenth position. Woohoo! You, you went ten places up this week. Of course I did. Of course, I, I didn't write down what your total was, but I think you're about like thirty behind anyone who's <laughs> a contender. That doesn't matter. There's a there's a steady there's a continental shelf. Nathan, I'm just a little Aussie battler trying to make his way in a tough, harsh tipping contest. And you keep and you keep doing that, you might get there if you keep tipping for the. Next, I might win the 2011 <laughs> tipping comp in 2015. <laughs> and finally, it is time to announce our first winners of the fantastic Jabra Sports wireless headsets. Our week one winner, who did it with skill, that is, with a great score of 612 points, winning by two points over the second place contender. A team named Doggy's Revenge, coached by someone by the name of Dave. Now, obviously, if you've entered our competition, you know who you are. You win the first Jabra Sports Wireless headset, courtesy of our sponsors at Jabra. Hit us up at hello at thisweekinleague.com. So send us an email so we can coordinate getting you the prize. Um, obviously, you know, we'll need to confirm it's you to start with and, you know, your address, postal details, that sort of thing. Our first random winner is the Jack Officers. <laughs> And because you've got a magnificent team. Coached by someone by the name of Jason. So, once again, Jason, hit us up on hello at thisweekinleague.com to claim your Jabra goodness. Once again, don't forget to enter the competition. Um, guys, as I said, the, the scores, the way that we're uh, giving out these prizes, it's the person who has the biggest, the highest score that week 
So just because you've come in in week two... Doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't mean you're a week behind and you know you can't possibly catch up. If you get the highest score for that week, you win. Plus, as with uh, the Jack Officers, there's a random prize going as well. So just by entering... Let's not forget, both of us are shit. Exactly. So you don't have to worry about us, regardless of whether we're inelig- ineligible to win. Why am I having so much trouble saying in- ineligible? Eds. You think? <laughs> Education. Education, yeah. yeah. That'll be it. Education. Thanks for clearing that up. Appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, free to enter. Go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Twill Fantasy. Uh, all the details are there You where you can sign up and uh, get in there. And you can get a piece of the 1500 bucks worth of prize as well. I guess, you know, 1200 now because two <laughs> of them are gone. But uh, still plenty to win. And you get yourself a Bluetooth wireless Jabra piece of awesomeness. And potentially a date with Sven, allegedly. Which is still not being put on the table by our sponsors. So we'll put an asterisk next to that. Bigger asterisk than is next to the 2007 and 2009 premierships. <laughs> oh, I set them up. You spike them. I knew that was coming. Boo. Uh, that's it for me. That's it for me too. Go the Tigers. Oosh. 2011 premiers. You heard it here second. Go, go the Warriors. Defeating the 2011 premiers two weeks before the grand final somehow. That's some Back to the Future time machine <laughs> shit. It's like Terminator. They got sent. The Warriors got sent back from the qualifying final <laughs> to knock the, pre- the premiers out in the... <laughs> In the in the second week of the playoffs, don't know how that works, but um, end results exactly the same. Maybe it doesn't have time travel to do with it, but uh, please. But yeah, we'll see. Warriors cannot warri- wait. Warriors, can you imagine? Like we're potentially, we are potentially opposite sides of the draw. It's going to happen two weeks away from <laughs> forty-two nil to Manly. Can you believe it? Epic weekend. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a great weekend regardless, yeah. going to the grand final. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, with some absolute awesome dot, dot, dot that will be unveiled in the next seven days. Yeah, probably next On five. our persons. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> can you imagine if it's Tigers versus Manly? Just to, just think about it for a second. Ridiculous. I've got half a nasty just thinking about it. Look, We'd there see, it is there. Look, seriously. Look at it. Oh, that's, that's, that's half, is it? <laughs> Wow, okay. Yeah, impressive, huh? <laughs> Not really. I, would, I thought that was 10%. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe five. Seriously, though. Like, that would be the greatest thing to happen for this podcast. It's going to be a tough day for you, in though. In the history of podcasts. It's going to be tough for you, because I'm, I'm going to be selling the grand final tickets and then getting group by manly manly pack tickets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no worries. I'll buy your other ticket off, yeah. So you you're uh you your 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 ring piece will be like a like a garden shed by the time we finished with you. <laughs> <laughs> I take it. I can handle those many things. That ain't scare me. Anyway, enough oh, of fuckers. this I mean this episode should be called the the, the tangent. Like talk about fucking digressing a thousand There's an old saying in rugby league, Nathan. See you next week. See ya. <laughs> When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.